Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back. Welcome to ES3N, your Central Sports Network's podcast. You have myself, Mark Leo Atkins, Richie Denal, and Chris Leopold. So, guys, man, it's getting it, the time is coming. Playoffs, MLB. What's going on, Chris? Man, well, you know, really, it's just the playoff picture is starting to take form, right? So we've got the American League, which is pretty well sorted out so far. Um, but really, the wild card spots, you know, the MLB and their effort to try to keep things interesting again really expanded the playoff format. Uh, that's currently working out in several teams' favor. One of ours, the good old hometown Milwaukee Brewers, uh, currently in the eighth seed in the National League. Uh, looking right now, like it's going to be uh, the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Braves, the San Diego, St. Louis, Cincinnati, and Milwaukee. And clearly, uh, Milwaukee and Cincinnati are fighting it out. And really, you know, it's. Just, I mean, you want to talk about the rest? The Philadelphia is twenty. You know, is only is twenty seven and twenty eight. We're twenty seven and twenty seven. Um, San Francisco's got twenty six wins. Colorado's got twenty four. So I mean. There's a couple of teams that are still in the hunt here uh, in the National League. The only two teams that have clinched, clinched are the Padres and the Dodgers, whereas the American League gets a little more sorted out, right? We've got Sox, um, the Athletics, the Twins, the Yankees, Houston, which is almost a surprise, uh, Cleveland and Toronto. And then it's, you know, there's still a good four-game cushion there on most everybody else going down from there. Uh, you know, the Angels and uh, Orioles are just looking for an end to their season, you know. <laughs> they're, just, they're ready to go home. I think Seattle could be pretty excited about what they've done uh, so far. But really, you know, um, watching Cleveland and the Blue Jays uh, should be a good series. Should be a good series. I'm, I'm excited for some playoff baseball. Still missing the fans. Still missing that little appeal for me. But it's shaping up to be uh, okay. Now, I'm always happy to see the Brewers get into it, but I don't know that we deserved it. I don't know we earned it this year. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the Brew Crew, man. I, I was looking at the, the Kansas City game, and I'm like, okay, I think we can do it. I think we can do it. If we can get two games in, in Cincinnati, and then, you know, we got the last five games, but we can pull it off. We can pull it off. Um, I'm just, you know what I've been most intrigued with with the last couple weeks of watching the Brew Crew? Vogelback. <laughs> oh my God, man! He has the right last name, but it's just it should be spelled B A C K because he <laughs> looks like a fullback, man. Six feet two seventy? No joke. It's a big no spot. joke. Yeah, and, but, and the nice part is, is he's actually contributing. Um, when we seemed to get him, they they picked him up as a waiver right after the trade deadline happened. And the Brewers were just struggling so bad offensively. And, and it wasn't as if he was setting the world on fire. But it was as if that change of scenery did wonders for him. Um, and then he came into the lineup and he's been really good for the Brewers. And, and it's kind of brought the rest of the team out of us. I mean, Yelich has been playing better. Braun's had a good, real good stretch here in September. You know, the, 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 I like Nottingham, man. Yeah, Jacob you know, coming up and, 
I'm a big catcher fan, so I, I, I like Nottingham, and the Brewers have been trying to draft and develop um, catchers for a while now. They almost always see take one in the in the draft there. Uh, it's their, their, their dirty little secret, right, is they like to stack catchers, so that's probably not the worst thing in the world to do. Um, Yelich slumping still hurt me. I mean, I don't know if it's the shorted season. If he's typically a second half of the season heat up sort of guy that's causing it, hopefully uh, we make it into the playoffs and he can ride that out. I mean, but I think the real conversation, is there anybody that can beat the Dodgers? And, and that's kind of, and that's kind of what I was thinking. I mean, it, it, it's twofold, right? Because usually as a, as a NFL or an NBA team, you get excited. You're like, you know what? Okay. We didn't make the playoffs. Maybe we didn't deserve to be there, but we can get an impact draft. pick. That doesn't happen in baseball. You, you, it never happens, right? You, you don't draft guys that are going to help you right now. That just isn't the way baseball is as a sport with the minor league development. And, and so I, I look, I love the Brewers. But I don't know that I want to watch them go to LA and just get pounded. You know, I, I don't. I mean, reverse it, man. Maybe we can reverse like last year, man. And, 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 and I guess let me put it this way: it might yeah, that might be the best base lineup in baseball since like the what, like the '54 Yankees. Hey, man, I mean, you know, like early Yankees died this year, man. We could be the Miracle Brewers. Uh, here's a, but but and and to, to that though. What, Always the optimist, Markelio. I love that about you. <laughs> Always bringing that light and optimism. What, what, they thought the same thing about the Baltimore Orioles. They had Frank Robinson. They had all the guns. <laughs> what brings my anxiety up about the Brewers even more is that the season's a long season, you know, regardless whether it was shortened down to 60 or not. But there always seems to be fate and the fate is we always end up being paired up against those guys from down south that claim they make beer better than we do here and that's the st louis individuals that we won't name their last name because they have haunted us for years when it comes to brewers baseball and we have to go through them in order to even get to the conversation of making it to L.A. for a playoff series. And anytime we go up against the Cardinals, I get worried because I always go back to we mm. can't ever. You stop talking about it. We're going to do the thing that we did to the Bucks, man. I said the Bucks was going to get swept. So let's just. Listen, being right isn't necessarily a bad thing. Man. And Ryan Braun has had an incredible September. I mean, it's almost made me a believer in Braun again and think that if the designated hitter rule sticks in the National League, that he may stick around and in a Brewers uniform. I mean, not at, what are we paying him, $28 million a year? But certainly, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him stay around. Yeah, that was that was kind of emotional, man. Just uh, It was no fans there, but thinking of you know the possibility of him Playing his last game at the park, so yeah, Ryan Braun. Well, well, a lot. Me, if I'm wrong, that was the last game officially 
at Miller Park as we know it. Right, because I believe the naming rights deal for the American Family Insurance Park, is that what we're calling it now? Fam Field? Or whatever. Am Fam Field? Well, I, Am Fam Field's got a much better ring to it than the American Family Insurance Ballpark. <laughs> yeah, um, Am Fam Field Navy rights were, I believe, based on dates that were based off of what was supposed to be the baseball season before the pandemic hit. Um, I'm not surprised to hear that. It's going to be a little odd. A contract's a contract, I guess. You know Milwaukee, it's going to be Miller Park for the next 20 years anyway. Just like how people still call it County Stadium. Yep. Yeah, County Stadium. Yeah, I still call Midtown Capital Court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're, I, I, still, I still do that too. So. Well, with that, as the baseball picture finally clarifies and wraps up, we'll get to start talking some playoff baseball here moving forward. But let's talk about Another sport that really just kind of started back up, right? NCAA football, Richie. Yeah, so NCAA football um, kind of has had a staggering start so far this year. It almost seems as if like a new con a new conference is starting every weekend. So this weekend we're getting the uh, SEC is coming back. They'll they'll play their first games this weekend. The Big Ten announced they're coming back in October. The Pac-12 has announced they're going to attempt to return on Halloween. The MAC is meeting about a possibility of return at late October, uh, but we do have football. And the Miami Hurricanes, for the last five years, they seem to get a big win at the beginning of the year, and everybody goes, don't call it a comeback, but the U is back. And I don't know that I'm ready to go that far. Um, the U is not what we remember of the trash talking. Just loud mouth, swagged out dudes from South Beach. That that is not the Miami Hurricanes uh, anymore. But I think they're headed in that direction. Uh, they played a tough opponent in Louisville, who is kind of still rebounding from the firing of Bobby Petrino. They had a really good bounce back year last year, but they still have a ways to go. Miami's two and zero. They, they've moved up four spots in the polls, but I don't know that I'm quite sold uh, on the long-term projection where you start talking about them playing other ACC powers or teams like a Clemson. Well, Clemson certainly is a hard line to cross, all right, for anybody. Right, so, absolutely. And just to touch on that, Richie, you talked about Big Ten football coming back. Wow. I cannot believe it. I'm shocked. I don't know if I'm appalled. I'd like to see the Badgers play. I feel like um, we have a lot of excellent pieces that I'm looking forward to seeing. Maybe it keeps a couple of these guys in school, um, or at least in school in Wisconsin a little longer uh, with their scholarships. But the campuses, they're surging. I mean, they're just surging with well, coronavirus. Well, that, but, but to what the conversation... In the Big had, Ten. But yeah, and to the conversation that we had last week when I asked you guys about the realization of this post, of this even really being able to happen, you know, Markelio being the glass half full guy that he is, was very optimistic about the possibility of this thing really running, not having any issues. Uh, and Chris, you were very adamant about 
you didn't just you didn't see it happening in, as a whole. So we do get the Big Ten back uh, to the half to the glass half full theory. And today, Notre Dame comes out and says we had four players test positive, and our game against Wake Forest is canceled. And, and so right. we're running into the the ups and downs that I think we're just going mm-hmm. to have to find a way to deal with. Right? I and and I think I'm now going to the part where. I'm almost convinced myself that I'm on the side of the glass half full to what Marquilio is talking about, where I think this at least keeps them engaged. If you have COVID, you do the right thing and say, hey, we can't play. We just don't have the bodies, much like Major League Baseball. They, they Okay, the Marlins can't play. We got to figure this out. We'll work around it. The Cardinals can't play. We'll work around it. With football, you you can't just make up a game. It's not that simple because you can't play two games immediately uh, within the same week, like a Monday and a Saturday. It just it, it isn't physically possible. Um, but I, I think that there is a way to do it where these teams that started early, if they have to cancel a game, you're going to have bye weeks that were worked into your schedule already that you now just replace that bye week with a game and instead play straight through uh, compared to having a week off. This now becomes your week off. But what happens when you have those Big Ten teams that's just now getting started back, they run into the same issues, that don't have those, you know, that's only playing eight games and don't have those bye weeks. Yeah, and and I'm going to have to forfeit games. They're going to have to forfeit games. They're not going to be able to collect money on other TV deals. Yeah, they're going to have problems. I think you're right, Chris. Across the board, it's going to happen. We're going to see it. It's going to totally affect the way we see bowl games. Um, with that said, you know, That's I want college I football to, back I, as much I mean, as anybody's. You know, I, I so. keep saying the, the key word is controlled. It, it has to be a controlled environment somewhere to where you can keep them away from public but i don't know man people are seeming to to go almost backwards because now now they're talking about bringing uh fans into uh, even in baseball like you know fans into the playoffs so well well with baseball the only thing they've talked about is bringing in immediate family and that's that's wives and kids and parents um they have done that a little bit for college football to where they've said, okay, you can have your parents come and watch. You can have your brother and sister come and watch. But um, a game that we've talked about the last two weeks with how impressive they've been is Marshall. And so Marshall, they they set up a, a staggering system. So you're only allowed to attend the game with the people in which you live. Whether that's off campus or on campus, you can only attend the game with your your roommates, I guess, so to say. And so you can't go. I couldn't. We couldn't go together because we don't live together. Chris would have to go with his family, Marcelio with yours, and me with mine. And you can't sit in front, directly in front, or directly behind anybody in the same section either. And so I would be, like if I sat in the first row, you two would be able to sit staggering diagonally behind me socially distanced in each way but that they kind of had a staggering seating arrangement but only to students and faculty and immediate family to limited numbers of of people 
<laughs> Again, it, it's the game of... Just that, man. We, we haven't had any positive cases in the NBA, in the NHL, for a reason. And until people really ultimately figure that out and, and do something consistent to where they're controlling the environment and the people that's participating in those environments, we're going to have crazy situations such as yeah. St. Louis, such as coaches now. They're not something today about uh, what, what coach. Mike Norvell. Little- yep. So Mike Norvell from Florida State tested positive. And basically, uh, what he has done is he is coaching as much virtually as he possibly can. So he's still running his own meetings. He's still running the offensive meetings. He's still running the quarterbacks meetings. He's still running team meetings. He, I guess uh, basically the difference would be the whoever is the appointed associate head coach would run practice, would oversee practice, and then would be the uh, direct I guess in charge, if they have a game, he would be the decision maker. Uh, now, if Mike Norvell is able to somehow virtually get on the sideline during the game, that's a whole new, I mean, we're in a whole new world. I don't know that that's possible. He might be able to watch the game on TV live and say, call this play. Boom. I, I don't know. Um, but that would be the way you would look at it from an organizational chart is everything would run through the associate head coach. Um, but again, who, who knows? Who knows? And there's no doubt that we'll find a way, right? I mean, we're talking about games, sports, money, all of that. Where the role it plays in life, how big of a role it plays, and and look, we're doing a whole podcast based on the sports being held in a pandemic, right? Before we jump back into the actual games, Richie, and I know you got a couple you want to touch on here. My overall question for you, when we talk about this new system, this new world where they're going to make accommodations for COVID tested players and items of that nature, where they may be able to reschedule games for some of those teams that started earlier, what do you think the chances are the coach, coaches deciding to maybe manipulate that a little bit? Your star player goes down. You got a big game that decides whether or not you're going to a bowl game. Oh, oh, all of a sudden, let's say two guys on my team test positive for COVID, and now I'm going to use it in that extra two weeks buys me a extra two weeks for that guy to heal up and participate in the game. So, Because I believe advantage is advantage, right? Somebody's going to go for it. it well, and, and so the... The, the hard part is every level is different. So the most popular and commonly known amongst college football fans is obviously what happens at the FBS level. But what happens there is, is its own beast as a whole compared to everything below it, right? And so players are in quarantine now. Each school has their own setup with how they do it. Um, our head coach had made a joke. Um, going into what we thought was going to be camp, basically saying, I'm going to quarantine the quarterbacks from the moment they get here the first two weeks. And we're not, we're not risking our quarterback getting this thing. We are just going to quarantine them until we tell them, come out of your dorm room. They are going to live in their dorm room and only their dorm room. So we didn't run into that. And, and as much of a joke as it is, like you said, there probably is some seriousness to that, right? Because you want to avoid those players. But, but again, it, it also comes back to 
you're, you're going to do what you can. And yes, you want every advantage you can. But it, at the end of the day, players got to play. Injuries happen regardless of COVID or not. Guys get hurt. It, it's a reality. And as we get to the NFL, we're going to talk about it a lot, right? When you talk about, I mean, injuries happen. It's a part of the game. COVID is basically a two-week injury where you have to make it work. Players have to step up. You have to find a way to move on without them while they're not able to be there. Now, the quarantine rules in its own are its own beast and something that you have to handle from an athletic training and medical standpoint. But when you talk about product on the field, every coach in their head is going, next man up, next man up, next man up, next man up, because that's all you can do. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I am, like I would always say, I'm excited that the season is starting on the 24th. You get an opportunity to see the Heisman uh, battle between Justin Fields <laughs> and Mr. Man uh, Trevor Lawrence over there in Clemson. This is, this is going to be interesting, man. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully we won't get struck by the COVID bug, but um, if it's not controlled, I don't uh, – I don't know what's going to happen, man. 2020. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, I mean, and, and not only are those two guys competing for the Heisman, but those two guys are competing for the number one and number two draft spots yeah. uh, going in, into there. Um, but just real quick, I mean, the other two games from the weekend, uh, Marquilio, I feel like the, the Louis, Louisiana down in the bayou, the Raging Cajun have made a fan out of you. Uh, a nice little walk-off win this weekend to go to 2-0, and make a big jump up the rankings. Um, but but getting some respect. And, and, you know, you talked about the teams that, that are starting to play again, like the Big Ten. But until then, we get the opportunity to see some of these teams that we otherwise don't. And Louisiana is a good team. They were much looked over last year. Uh, they routed their bowl game to end the year. Coming out 2-0. and uh, two legit running backs, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Ragus. It's it's awesome to be able to see a team like that make some noise. And you just hope that the Big Ten coming back, you don't see, and again, I hate to pick on them, but you, hate, you would hate to see an overrated Michigan get overrated yet again over a team like a Louisiana who's been doing it, who's there already, who's week in and week out playing, and Michigan comes in at 0-0, zero and zero, wins their first game, and you throw them in the top 10. Uh, I would absolutely hate to see that happen to a team like that, and much like the other game with UFC and Georgia Tech. UFC crowned themselves the national champs a couple years ago because nobody beat them. And so you're starting to get some of these smaller schools and when I say smaller, I just mean mid-majors uh, at the FBS level. But but I think it's cool to be able to see some of these teams play that we otherwise wouldn't um, when you talk about the before the Big Ten and Pac-12 come back. Yeah, man, just to, just to see what's going on in the Sun Belt, see what Louisiana's doing, uh, just to get your eyes on different players. Even just with um, – even we were talking about Marshall and um, and Wells, you know, being coming out and – having a, a tremendous week last week just to see them even in the in the rankings right now. So it's, it's a lot of things going on in NCAA right now, and uh, the Raging Cajun is, is a very exciting team to watch. Without a doubt, and with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we are going to come back to 
sport, I believe, is the only bubble sport left, and that is the NBA. 